What's up, Buckworms? It's your host, Stevie. What's up, guys? It's MJ. She's back. I'm back, bitches. <laughs> you thought the bitch was dead, didn't you? It's kind of like an intro to like Real Housewives. <laughs> yeah, you can't get rid of me that easy, hoes. Um, I'm refreshed, I'm rejuvenated, and I'm ready to talk books. We're Shout ready to, to tackle the world. Shout out to Kat for filling in for me. She's awesome for that. Did a great job. Appreciate her. Um, but yeah, so I feel rejuvenated and refreshed and just amazing. Shout out to Stevie for letting me have the week off from this laborish job that she puts me through. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're about to start a very, very intensive recording schedule. And I'm going to fucking kill her. I'm just kidding. And I told, I already warned her. I was like, can you kill me after we're done? <laughs> because I'm really excited about this process. I'm also very excited. It's just I'm also in the middle of a book. So I'm going to have no time for anything else. Yeah. So she's going to have enough time to live her life and go to dinner maybe once or twice. And then she's I'll maybe be able to spoonful of a few spoons of porridge. You're going to need Fletcher things. to stand next to you and be like, can you feed me? For real, though. He'll be like shoveling food in your mouth as you're typing. I know, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, um, hold oh. up. I was gonna say something, I forgot it is. Um, oh. are you gonna do your spiel? What's new? What's new in the book world? No, I was gonna, I was gonna say, what's new for me? I'm writing, I was on a retreat where I literally wrote. <laughs> And I'm deep in this cave and I'm loving this dark romance and this mindset is just epic to be in. It's just like whimsical and awesome. Um, if you want to sign up, blogger signups are in my bio on Instagram and the links on my Facebook page to so make sure you go check that out. The Lies We Steal released is September 23rd. It's a dark romance, enemies to lovers, new adult, suspense romance, all that, a bag of fucking chips. So that's all for me. Stevie, what's going on in the book world? Um, not much this week. I think everything's like, it must, well, I guess not. Tia Louise just released a book called Trouble, which I'm really, really excited to dive into. It's Enemies Still Ever Billionaire. Um, if you haven't read any of Tia Louise's books, I freaking love her. Mm -hmm. Um, what else is happening this week? I don't really think much is coming out. The um, Piper Rain is releasing a Bailey's Summer Bash, which is one of their novellas that they do in the middle of their um, series. Their green series. This is the green series. They did one for ba uh, for the Bailey's. I said Bailey Summer Bash. The <gasps> Green Family Summer Bash. They did this for the Bailey's, and they're doing it again for the green series, where they'll have a bunch of novellas in between them um, to kind of round out as the years pass mm -hmm. for the time get the time jumps in it yep so that comes out next week um lacy black is getting ready to release the perfect kiss which is part of the mason creek series which is like 12 authors all releasing in the same town yeah so that's pretty cool that's epic yeah and i think that's really it i yeah, I think that's it for me. Um, I'm trying to think if there are any books released. Oh, Natasha Madison's releasing Southern Secret, too. Which comes out 
in the next 10 days, I believe. What is today? What is the month? July? I don't know if I have any on my TBR that I'm like biting. July 19th. Oh! I will tell you guys what is on my TBR right now. It's on my Kindle and I'm getting ready to start, even though I should be, you know, not starting it. But I saw it, read the blurb and was like, hmm, I'm going to have to read it. Um, so wait, I don't know if we've announced this author coming on the podcast. Um, we haven't, but you can because she's not a part of that. Wait, are you sure that we're talking about the same person? Let's see, this is what we need to communicate separately. Penelope Black? Yeah. Yeah, you can announce Okay, so Penelope Black's going to be on the podcast, and I like to try, if I have time, I like to try to read a book, at least one, by the author that's going to be on the podcast, so I can get a grasp of their writing style and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Granted, Stevie gets, you know, to read a little bit more than I do, and she reads a lot faster than I do. So um, I was looking, and I was like, oh my god, what is this shit? And I saw that she has this book called Wolf and it's like a trilogy, reverse harem. And I was like, I shit, sign me up. It's literally the prologue got me. The the prologue, the prologue, the the blurb got me. I was like, oh yeah, Wolf Fitzgerald and my new stepbrothers. I was like, okay, okay. So sign me up, bitch. And I did, so I'm gonna read it. You want to read the blurb or the, um, oh. our bio, I already put it in there. So, oh, okay. Thank you. All right. So we're going to go ahead enough of me and what I'm reading, but I'm reading Wolf by Penelope Black right now. You guys go check it out. I'll let you know how it goes. Um, other than that, we're going to hop right on over and talk to our author that we're featuring today. And that is Laura Lee. She is a USA Today bestselling author of steamy, steamy and sometimes ridiculously funny romance. She's best known for writing the dealing with Love series and the Windsor Academy series. Laura spent most of her life with her nose in a book thinking of alternate endings or continuous stories, continuous continuations to the story. She won her first writing contest at the ripe old age of nine, earning a trip to the state capitol to showcase her manuscript. Thankfully for her, those early works will ne- never see the light of day. Laura lives in the Pacific Northwest with her wonderful husband, two beautiful children, and three of the most poorly beloved behave poorly behaved cats in existence she likes her fruit smoothies filled with rum her oh, me too stocked with Cadbury <laughs> chocolate same and her music turned up loud when she's not writing or watching hgtv she's reading anything she can get her hands on she's a sucker for spiky ro- spicy romances especially those that make her laugh let's go talk to laura lee today's podcast is presented by podgo podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from a podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at podgo.co. And be sure to add our podcast in the how did you hear about podgo section of the application. Thank you so much for joining us, USA Today bestselling author Laura Lee. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, we are super stoked to have you. We are super stoked to like get into all of this juicy book stuff. I was on a hiatus. I had I missed <laughs> I missed an episode because I was on vacation, and so I'm ready to. I'm back in the saddle now, bitches. I'm ready. I'm here. Yay! I'm excited to talk books. So, Stevie, <laughs> I'm gonna let you go ahead and take the first portion of the questions, and then I'll take the second one. Okay. Well, we're going to start with dealing with love because I think I've told you before that this is probably one of my favorite series. 
to read. So (laughs) this is made up of three books and the three books are very different from one another in trope wise. What was your biggest inspiration for these books? You know, to be brutally honest, the people in my life are great inspiration (laughs) for rom-com material. Um, It probably helps that I have the sense of humor of a 15-year-old boy, but you know, when you're writing funny, smutty books, it works, right? (laughs) I love that answer. (laughs) I also love that answer. My seven-year-old son is actually fantastic material too. Um, You know, if you've read the series, you obviously know there's just a really crazy little boy in there and Mm-hmm. um who's obsessed with his junk yep. and uh, that would be my son several oh. direct phrases were stolen from his mouth <laughs> I'm obsessed I'm obsessed I have younger siblings and that just makes like my heart so happy like because kids are I honestly could write a fuck I you know I need my family needs a fucking live tv show that's what they need because <laughs> we're fucking crazy first of all and it's like if we're not fighting each other we're fighting someone else and then if we're not fighting we're like split your pants funny so I think that yeah I think I could write a rom-com if I wanted to (laughs) that sounds like the perfect recipe for it (laughs) oh bro nah we're crazy we're from we're from the south and in the in the hollers in the middle of fucking Timbuktu where we do stuff like stupid ass shit like play games like butter lids i don't know if you know what that is i do not please explain no <laughs> it's like basically it's like tag but with literal butter lids so like it's like frisbee it's like ultimate frisbee but tag with butter lids <laughs> like, oh my gosh you and like in the south in the south like grand southern grandma's they don't use Tupperware. No, we use leftover ice cream things. We use leftover oh, yeah. butter cans, like country crock. Okay. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> and when you open that shit, it's like, you don't know if you're opening up butter or like five month old baked beans. <laughs> that just made me miss my grandma. But basically you, we take those lids, like when they're done with them or whatever and clean them off and you play like tag but with the butter lids like you throw them but you have like certain areas that you can't leave and you have to hit people with them and if you hit you get hit you're out so the ultimate goal of the game is to like not get out and my family gets aggressive with it so (laughs) that was just like a left turn of (laughs) it's all good I learned something new today so there you go You know what I'm talking about? Anybody can use that, by the way. They can use that in a book because I don't plan on using it. But yeah, butter lids, real fun. I butter got lids. Tooth, tooth chipped playing that fucking game when I was five. <laughs> Bro, okay. Anyways, moving forward, continue Stevie. Sorry. Okay. Um, so do you have a favorite couple from the series or all of them, or are all of them your favorites for very different reasons? Because I know my favorite will always be Riley and Devin's story. So... <laughs> Oh, you know, it's funny because I've heard from so many different people. I actually ask them that question pretty often. And they're always like, oh, this person or that person. Like the answer is always different. Um, for me, yeah, that's like asking me who my favorite kid is. We're not allowed to like actually admit that we have favorites, right? Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. I if I had to choose, like had to, um, I'd probably say Drew and Charlie from Dealmakers, mm. um, just because Charlie, the heroine, is just so unapologetically bold, and I love that about her. 
And then Drew is just, you know, the fiercely loyal, um, but super playful guy. So plus, you know, they're like doing it all over every single surface all the time. (laughs) Love it. Um, now I'm not sure if I'm alone in asking this question. I'm pretty sure almost all readers of the series have asked this at some point. Is there any chance to return to the series? Uh, yeah, I've definitely thought about writing next gen, uh, more than a few times. If you, um, have read the series epilogue, you see at that point that there's already five kids in play. Plus, you know, I could add however many more, um, it's definitely something that I have considered. My release schedule, unfortunately, is already planned through early 2023. Oh, sure, my life. <laughs> but after that, like, it, it's actually something that's in the front of my mind because I love, love, love writing rom-com. Um, you know, for the past year, I've been doing kind of a lot of more darker, angsty stuff, mm-hmm. which... I also love, but um, I recently did a co-write. It's actually a, a secret project with a friend of mine, but we both have kind of that crazy, immature sense of humor. <laughs> and so it. it was just a quick little novella, but it was so much fun. And it just really reminded me, like, not only does that stuff come much more easily to me because it does kind of reflect my personality. Um, But yeah, it was just so, so fun. I wish I could write rom-com. I can't though. I think I just like dark and twisty. I think that's where I'm just going to stay for the rest of my life because there is (laughs) nothing wrong with dark and twisty. I love it. (laughs) I think I'm personally funny. Like, I mean, I'm not toot my own horn or anything, but I think I'm personally like you meet me. I can make you fucking laugh. Like I'm a funny person. (laughs) And see, you just laugh. I, I've been laughing this whole time I think <laughs> I think I'm a funny person um and I think in a different world when I didn't have if I don't have if I don't if I didn't have stage fright I could have been a stand-up comedian but I cannot I cannot take my sense of humor and put it in a book oh my god I just sounded so southern right there I cannot take my sense of humor and put it into a book like it's just very hard to translate and I think that people who write rom-com super talented so just like kudos to you to be able to translate that into a oh, book because mine just comes off awkward and weird <laughs> <laughs> my southern accent is like on it today boys I don't know what it was I something is in the water continue go <laughs> all right so we're gonna move on to redemption which is part of uh the salvation society world yep um redemption was released what this past april correct yes um and what was it like getting to write in one of corinne michael's worlds it was an incredible experience um definitely a learning process i think for everyone um but corinne michaels i mean she's a master of angst right Mm -hmm. so being able to write in one of her worlds it was just an honor. Like when I got my acceptance email, I freaked out. Like, I swear to God, I was in, I wasn't allowed to tell anybody at that point. So I was like, Oh my God, I got to tell somebody. My poor husband just had to deal with me. (laughs) I love that. No, but, um, overall it's just, again, it was an incredible experience and I'm really grateful to be a part of it. I love that. I love that. I love those worlds. 
they're I'm I so think, damn confused with them <laughs> there are a lot of worlds <laughs> yeah there are a lot now and Stevie they're so much to- bigger than I ever thought they would be oh absolutely and Stevie has to daily daily break them down for me because I'm like <laughs> wait no is that the one with and she's like no that's the other one and I'm like, I mean everyday one? heroes right now is up to like uh, almost 100 books Oh yeah, I was actually um, in that world originally as well, um, but unfortunately with COVID and trying to homeschool two children, it was just one of the things I had to back out of. Um, but even at that time, like it was huge because like, she's doing, um, Christy Bromberg is doing two different worlds, the Driven and the Everyday Heroes. Nope. Yeah, <laughs> I was just blown away by how many freaking people were there already and they're all point. really good books oh yeah i've I, read tons of them i love them there's like driven cocky heroes but then there's also there are a driven everyday heroes and cocky heroes too right right yep. which yeah. is uh v keelan and penelope's world yeah. and then um there's bordeaux universe which is uh christian Proby's. are any of these like directly dark romance only no Oh, I have an idea. There might be one. Who knows? I have never seen a dark. If you know one, one, if you know one, let me know because I'll fucking read it. A hundred books of just plain old dark romance in the same world. Oh, sign me up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so redemption is truly a story of a redemption for Beckett and Presley. You touched on some tough topics. Um, and did a really good job at depicting that. Thank you. What was the hardest part about writing that story? God, the whole thing, honestly, (laughs) was pretty tough. Um, I'm an emotional sponge, big time, like always have been, like we always will be. So anything that's like super angsty is automatically more difficult. But this one, God... I had to shelve it, honestly, several times. I, I had outlined it years ago, actually. And thankfully, I was able to easily adapt it to the world. Um, but I had tried writing it, I want to say four or five different times. And I just didn't have the mental bandwidth to deal with it at the time because the emotions are just so intense. Um you know, that that's partly why I'm so grateful that I was welcomed into the world because it kind of forced me to write it. Um, and I, I love that story. Like, I'm so happy with how it turned out. Um, you know, what was so important to me during the process was that I would honor real life victims who had suffered like she did. You know, I wanted to write it from a place of understanding. So anyone who read it, who maybe hadn't gone through those horrific things might understand a victim's plight better. Um, You know, I thought it was important to give them a voice because not everything's black and white. It's, you know, easier to judge from the outside if you have no idea what's going on, you know, behind closed doors and, you know, stuff like that really fucks with your psyche. So, (laughs) um, oh my God. Yeah, it was, it was tough, but I loved, again, I'm just, I couldn't be any happier with how everything turned out in the end. Cause, um, I had actually a couple different sensitivity readers for some of the more difficult topics Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, they both just 
told me that I depicted everything perfectly. It was, they said it was like living what they had gone through, but it was done in such a delicate way um, that it was more therapeutic for them. And so something, I mean, just hearing that from anyone who had undergone, you know, those things is just, it just gives me such a good feeling inside, you know, and it makes all the tough stuff that you deal with in this job every day. Cause you know, let's face it, you have to have some thick skin (laughs) and yeah, it it gets really hard sometimes. And just hearing, you know, I've had a handful of women now reach out to me after reading that book saying some very similar things. And it just, it really just makes me so, so happy that I was able to kind of give them that, you know, and help tell their story. Well, I mean, it makes it worth it at the end of the day, because I feel like that's who you're writing the book for, you know, like for me personally, I write characters that I want people to see themselves represented by like in the pages. Cause when I was, you know, in high school, like I, didn't feel like I was represented at like who I was as a person. I didn't think I was represented because I wasn't, you know, like super skinny or like Victoria's Secret model looking or like, you know, anything of that nature. And I was just very different than what I thought heroines had to be. And mm-hmm. I think amazing, an amazing thing. And I think it's so amazing about the indie community is not only have we like, we have the bumps in the road. I know that every community does, but in general, I think that we have made a world that makes women feel like they can be any type of heroine. And indie community and indie publishing has done that. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's that's the beauty of indie publishing. You know, no disrespect to traditional publishers well, or anybody who goes with them. That, yeah. But having that freedom mm-hmm. to you know do right by the story and the character yeah. and you know, represent real women in this world. Exactly. Like it's, yeah, I love it. And the thing is, is like, like I, like, like you said, like no hate to traditional publishers or, um, um, you know, traditional, you know, like publishing houses or anything like that. I'm just saying that I feel like traditional publishers, like the publishing companies, they also look at like what society enjoys and what that looks like for sales and stuff like that. And sometimes like normal everyday women don't sell. And so you have to write a specific type of heroine. And I think that being an indie author has allowed a lot more women to see themselves in the pages. And I think it's just a beautiful thing. Oh, absolutely. Very beautiful. And I love the independence and it's just like, yes. (laughs) And I think it's also helped traditional publishers see that multiple different types of women and men can be heroes and heroines, you know? So I think it's also helped traditional publishing as well. And I think it's made the author community and the reading community a lot more exclusive and not exclusive. What's inclusive? Inclusive. That was like, (laughs) I was like, wait a damn minute. What's the opposite? (laughs) Inclusive to like other people. So yeah, I, I love that. Okay. Anyway, sorry, moving forward, little rant over. (laughs) Um, So any plans to return to the Salvation Society world or, to redo the everyday heroes or Bordeaux or any of those? I'm always open to it. Um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, my schedule is ridiculously packed right now. Like, yeah, I seriously have no idea how I'm going to do as much as I need to do. <laughs> I have books planned yeah. for like 2027. Like, 
oh God. Oh, well then I don't feel so bad. <laughs> Not literally 2027, like 2026. Like let me take a year, shed a year off, but yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I mean, I know everybody's going through this, but homeschool just kicked my ass. You guys like Bro, having to, to teachers though, right? Like there's a reason I'm not a teacher. Right? <laughs> I have, I don't have children myself, but I have family members who are like, I swear to God, if these damn kids don't get out this motherfucking house. Oh my God. <laughs> like they were yeah. literally losing their shit because like, I feel like teaching is hard and homeschooling with your own children is even more difficult because like you go to school and it's like a different world when you're at home so but when you're like you know mom's teaching you it's like oh I can goof off a little bit more because it's mom you know oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) my family was like I'm gonna I'm gonna literally jump off a window if we don't go back to school immediately that's how I feel and I my nephew my brother is a single father and my nephew is almost 10 so of course my brother (laughs) God bless his heart. <laughs> He's been a single dad since he, my nephew was two. And he has now decided that he's going to be helicopter dad. And he's like, he's not going back to school. I don't trust these school systems now. And oh I'm like, um, who are you expecting to homeschool him? Because <laughs> you're going to want me to do it, right? You're like, no. <laughs> yeah, I was going to like, um, I need a raise. Immediately. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, um, in my area, thankfully the rates are going down. And so as of right now, they still plan on going back to a traditional five day in-person schedule in the fall Mm. and that cannot freaking come fast enough. I love (laughs) my children more than anything else, but I don't have the patience for this shit. Um, (laughs) I'm also very surprised that I haven't seen as many COVID romances that I thought I would. I know. I don't want to write it, but why has nobody wrote like a romance book about seniors in high school of 2020 and like their fucking year, bro? Like somebody write it. Or like TikTok, I saw this one where these two people fell in love because they lived in separate apartment buildings, but they were talking through yeah. sticky notes on their windows. I was like, bro, somebody get a pen and paper and write to <laughs> It's great. I mean, the, and the people who did do it, like they're doing exceptionally well. Like, um, yeah. have either one of you read like the Kings of Quarantine series? I have not. No, but I have, oh. I have heard about it. I have heard about it too. It, if you like dark, you will like it. I mean, that is like, um it is reverse harem yes oh you said her keyword it's reverse harem it's honestly so dark and reverse harem and bully romance are like my crack as a reader why are we not Um, (laughs) we should be literally that series though (laughs) is amazing it's like honestly like i've had to talk so many people off the ledge with while they were reading it because the bullying gets like really really intense at I'm here for it but I'm like no 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 I swear to god it's like one of my favorite RH series ever and but yeah like it's so it's very loosely based off of what everyone's going through with COVID like it's definitely very fictional but um it hit close to home, I think. <laughs> but then you had the really- going to buy it now. Look, I already know she's on Amazon. How many it's are amazing. There? there are four. It's a complete series. Kings of Quarantine, Kings of Lockdown, Kings of Anarchy. Is this on? I, it absolutely is. Let me just buy it. Yeah, it's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> I'm gonna 
y'all continue talking. I'm just going to lama sama sign this to This happens every time. Somebody will give her a book recommendation. She goes directly to Amazon. Well, see, the thing nobody told me about, I had heard of Kings of Quarantine, but the thing nobody told me about was that it was a reverse harem. Oh, yeah. And I just am. And it's gonna, hot, hot, hot. Okay, thank you. I am literally, see, the thing is with me, though, is I've been like kind of in, a, oh, my God, I have so many books I need to read. I can't even, I yeah. can't even. Um, I have been kind of uh, in like a, I guess like a slump because I, like I love series like where they're dark romance and they're separate and like there's they're each their four boys or whatever but I always end up comparing it to like a series that I really love and it just doesn't and I don't end up enjoying it as much but now that I know it's a reverse harem <laughs> it's added to the Kindle it's in here it's on there you phone. go you have to let me know what you think after you're done with it girl don't even <laughs> she hates me most days I send her book recommendations on the daily and I think her TBR is starting to get a little crazy <laughs> And listen, me and Stevie read very different romances. So like, I'll be like, Stevie will be like, yo, I need you to read this. And I'm like, what's it? What is the tropes? And she's like, you know. It's rom-com. rom-com. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, Stevie. I'll get on. It's pretty funny around here. Um, okay, so we're going to move on to the Windsor Academy series. Okay. Because I know that you have a new one coming out in one Halloween, right? It will actually be coming out sooner than that. I will be announcing that date very shortly. <laughs> oh, even more exciting. Um, so for, pa- for fans who have not read the series, can you give them a quick rundown on what the series is about? Yeah, it's um, so it was kind of my jump into the world of dark and bully romance. Like mm-hmm. I said earlier, they're my total reader crack. Um, I legit cannot get enough ever. So if you guys have Rex, send them my way. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> Jay says yes. <laughs> so the first three books in that, originally it was supposed to be just a trilogy. So the first three books, um, you know, they popped them to my brain fully formed one day. I just couldn't put it off any longer. I just had to write these books. Um, they're all focused on the same couple. Um, again, it's a bully romance, but there's also a subplot that gets progressively darker throughout the series. Like it starts out kind of like there's some questionable things, but then you're like, eh, this isn't too bad. But then as it goes on, you're like, oh, that was pretty uh, disturbing. <laughs> is, this, is this tied into your Wicked Lies, Ruthless? Wicked Liars. Yep. That's it. Yep. Falling- you know, you know the, that is that tied into that yeah that's all, they're all one so they're all focused on the same character or same couple same plot so wicked liars ruthless okay. kings and fallen heirs so oh. all three of those have to be read in order yeah otherwise you will be totally lost continuation a, a broken playboy yeah now that no it's actually it can be a complete standalone um you can read i mean I guess I'd say your reading experience will be enhanced if you read the first three, because that's where you first meet the hero. Broken Playboy came into the world because readers fell in love with him so much. And, you know, quite frankly, he had a huge piece of my heart. Like I couldn't not give him his own HEA. Um, But that one is neither dark nor bully. Um, I'd say it's classified as more of like an angsty enemies to lovers romance um 
but it's still in the same world. All of the same characters from the original trilogy are very active within his story. Okay, got it. Got it. All right, cool. That was my question. I love that. <laughs> and that was really the second question, too. <laughs> oh, was it? Oh, shit. Okay, my bad. Well, I asked the second question already. <laughs> um, so, but if you could pick one of your series or books or book to be turned into a movie, which one would you choose? Uh, you're asking me to choose a favorite kid again. <laughs> Listen, we all got them. Well, okay. I will say simply because I am a sucker for an angsty, suspenseful teenage drama. Um, I would go with my Windsor Academy books, uh, the first three. I think it's maybe a little too complex um, for like a two hour movie. But I'd love to see it as like a Netflix series or something similar. Okay. Do you know who you would cast roles as? Off the top of my head, no. Um, (laughs) But, you know, the one thing I would say is I very consciously put a lot of diversity into this series because I wanted to represent the real world, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, And so you know, whoever would be cast into those roles, I think that would be like the most important part to me is that they represent the diversity within the books. My heart and soul. Yes. (laughs) I love this with my whole heart. (laughs) I agree. I agree. Also, you said recommendations. Have you read C.L. Matthews' Here Lies a Corp series? Yes. Oh my God. Laura. We're friends. We're best friends. <laughs> it was so funny because I was telling her um, when I was first reading or when I was reading book one, I was like seriously about halfway through it. And I was still like on the fence. Is this going to turn into paranormal? Is it not? Like, I just could not figure it out. And I was like, Cassie, what are you doing to me? <laughs> I know. And her wording and imagery makes you like feel like this bitch is about to, these these motherfuckers are about to be some type of something, aren't they? They're going to be PNR. I know it. I feel like vampires. They're going to be witches and warlocks. I know it. I feel it. And I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, psych. But I'm going to tell you right now, I'm in love with these men. Oh, yeah. I'm it's, in love with them. I love that series. Love, and love, love. Not it. even to mention the fact, the fact that she has seven people in that harem and she can, and I can distinguish like who each character is, like, is just awesome. Like, yeah. shows just her how talented she is. Oh, yeah. It takes true talent to like really define each character like that. Yeah. And I think it helps that like each boy gets their own POV in like different books. Mm-hmm. So I think that also helps like connect um, like readers to the the people in general. And I think that that's where like a lot of people don't like reverse harem is where it's like just like one girl or just like one guy POV. Mm-hmm. So I think having multiple POVs, <laughs> I got hiccups, helps a lot. But yeah, I just wanted to know if you'd read that. But yeah, we're besties now because you've read it. <laughs> I have all I've actually know- been on the podcast before. So <laughs> I love, I love Cassie. I love her. Oh, she's amazing. She's so, so sweet. I also guessed all of the zodiac signs oh of that harem correctly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I knew it. I knew it. All right. So moving on, we're going to join in on writing questions and I'm going to take that portion. So when did you first realize that you wanted to be a writer or slash author? Um, you know, I've been writing since I was little, like I couldn't even tell you exactly what age I was. Um, 
I did win my first writing contest at the ripe old age of nine. Nice. <laughs> um, you know, it kind of just started with like short stories. And then as a teenager, it that evolved into angsty poetry because teenagers are angsty, dramatic little shits. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> can you tell I have one? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I never really considered it as a career though until self publishing became an option. You know, yeah. I've, I've been doing this for nine and a half years now. And, you know, in that time, the industry has just changed so drastically. Cause I kind of came in like right in the cusp of self publishing, but it was, you know, even three years later, like it was like, holy shit, this is a completely different world than it was three years ago. Like, I think we all kind of had to evolve and find our footing and figure out really what was going on. And, you know, the, the days of traditional publishing where you can get away with publishing only one book every 18 months was perfectly acceptable, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, I think a lot of us like started out with that mindset and we learned really quick, like, Oh no, 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 no. Oh, <laughs> you, yeah. you will drown in the sea of invisibility. If you try publishing that infrequently. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, but it's, I love it. Like I love the, you know, absolute creative control that you have. I love, you know, being able to touch base with my readers as regularly as I do. Like, that's so fun. I think that's one of the best parts of the job, honestly. Oh, I absolutely. It's, you know, when someone reaches out to me to tell me that they read my book or whatever, like, I have this community is just amazing, you know, and like you guys said earlier, like, yes, there's drama, you know what, you are going to run into that in every there's single There's no career. mother community you go to. Every exactly. Has drama, period. Exactly. You can but, be in the Dungeons and Dragons community and I, I on God, there's <laughs> drama in there. Exactly. So, you know, it, it, shit happens, drama happens, you know, but the community overall, like I have never it's such an eclectic group of people all with this common interest like and you just feel accepted honestly like I have never felt more accepted and found like I have found friends that I will have for the rest of my life in this like me like (laughs) I have found friends that I'll have for the rest of my life and people that will be in the corner to like the day I die because like absolutely all bond over like one sole thing that I feel like is such like a core personality like trait that we're able to connect in that way and I just think it's very beautiful it's amazing we get poetic on everybody (laughs) some of my best friends are people that I've met in the book world like and I've only met two of them in person to this day you know I literally just went and met I literally on my vacation that's where I went I went to Connecticut to meet one of the people that I had met online that literally talked like every day for like a whole year and a half and like literally became best friends like the girl knows more about me than I know even know about myself like that's how close we are (laughs) that's awesome and went up there saw her and it was like we'd been it's like I had just came up to her house all the time like it was was awesome yeah the two that I have met in person like it was like I've known them my entire life like we were next door neighbors growing up like exactly and that's why I feel about, there's about a dozen or so of us that all, um, you know, we're each other's support system and we all communicate like all day, every day, bounce ideas off of each other. Like, you know, I don't, I don't think I'd still be doing this if I didn't have that support system because nobody understands 
what this job truly entails and how much sacrifice it takes. Mm-hmm. I think unless you're actually, you know, in the midst of it yourself, you know? And so yeah. I think it's nice to, to really have someone who truly, truly understands. Yeah. And you don't feel as alone because like, literally we have a group of like Stevie included. We have like a group. I'm just a PA to the entire group. You get it though. More <laughs> You're very deeply involved. <laughs> so basically she, uh, the whole group, like we, we had this thing called Marco Polo where we send each other videos back and forth and literally like JC and K Money were talking the other day because they're at the portion of their manuscript where everything that they have written, they hate, right? Oh yeah. And they're like, oh my God, I hate it. It's such trash. Like it's, it's horrible. And I'm like, guys, be quiet. Like it's good. I, you know, I've read it. It's, it's good. You're in the right direction. And K Money's like, shut up, give you two weeks before you're at the same spot we are. And you're going to get, <laughs> get a Marco Polo from you talking about how your crap is trash, how it's trash. And I'm like, you know what? you know screw you we're not talking about cat though but then we add in cat to our group and of course cat is like straight killing it on tiktok right i know now. she's great <laughs> but uh yeah so i think it makes you feel not alone and you don't feel crazy because it, i think being a writer can be a lonely job sometimes because you're just stuck with like these characters in your head exactly <laughs> <laughs> It's so nice though. I love hearing that story because I, I kid you not one of my um we call each other she's my author bestie like we've been both writing the book that like makes us want to jump off a cliff like it never (laughs) ends like they're just like Jesus how much longer can this go on I know but we're both like in that exact same mindset like nobody's gonna read this pile of shit why am I even bothering you know I'm not at that portion yet I'm in the middle of my book so everything's kind of going smoothly but I give it about two more chapters and I'm fucked Oh yeah. And I'm then like, you yeah. have to have the other person read in there like, um, yeah, you're crazy. Cause it's fantastic. <laughs> like, this is self-destruction at its finest. You want to, you want to learn how to self-destruct, be an author. There you um, go. <laughs> so are, are you a plotter, a pantser or somewhere in the middle? Planter. I am a planter all Dang. the way. Um, you know, I used to, when I very first started, I had these ridiculously detailed outlines, like 10,000 word outlines. Um, but I would, by like chapter five, I would totally start deviating from it. We're literally so. the same person. <laughs> You're like, am I, I talking to myself? <laughs> for real though. You are because of the same way. <laughs> you know, I just, basically I figured out after, oh, five books that that was a complete waste of time. And yeah. So nowadays I just kind of, I give myself the freedom to do what works best with each book. So like sometimes I'll have a really basic outline from start to finish. Other times I'll wing it in the beginning, but outline the second half after I get stuck or vice versa. Yeah. You know, and then there's the books where I'm just typing shit directly from my brain the whole way through. Okay. I could never, I could never <laughs> do that. That's not, now you're not talking to yourself no more because that you a line in the sand. Um, I, I think this, this is the first book that I really found like what writing process works for me and I'm going to continue it until it doesn't work for me anymore. Um, but honestly plotting the first 10 chapters, writing the 10 chapters and understanding my characters and the way they communicate and the goals that they have and all that stuff, like I have footing with them. And then I plot the next 10 chapters based off that. Cause I feel like if you're plotting an entire 40 chapter book, like you have no idea how your characters will change and alter. 
And in exactly. the first 10 chapters, I create them, I present them to readers, and then I want them to tell the story themselves. So then I plot 10 more and then 10 more and however many I need to plot after that until the story's done. So like that. that works for me. Now, my question to you is, is what program do you use to write on? Oh, God, she's about to try to sell you on something. <laughs> so I use two different programs. Um, one thing that I do before I start writing anything is I actually do character sketches. Like I need to know who my characters are and what their motivation is. You're back to talk uh, to yourself again. <laughs> so I use Scrivener for that. Boom. <laughs> Don't have to sell her on shit, Stevie. So, <laughs> and when I am outlining, that's what I use. Yeah. And then I actually write on word though. I prefer to write on word. It's just more comfortable for me to do it there. Yeah. See, no, I don't use word at all. I don't trust that shit because <laughs> I, I used to do Google docs because I, I don't know why I just used to do Google docs because I don't trust word because one time I had like 20 K in a novel and then my computer went off and word deleted all of it. Like it doesn't auto save. Mm -hmm. And so that gives me literal anxiety. I'll literally type three words and then go save three words, save three oh, words. That's save. totally me. That's so, totally me. It'll throw me off my game. And I love that Scrivener auto saves. So I write in Scrivener. I got character sketches, place outlines, outlines, oh, of yeah. the book. all of that is in Scrivener. I love the little note card section. Like that's how, <laughs> that's how I actually know where I'm at with a book is I'll just quickly look at my note cards. I love those. Those are the best. <laughs> so do you have any interesting writing quirks when you sit down and write like eating Twizzlers, wearing the same hoodie, or do you have like a weird routine that you have to do every single day or something? Um, does rarely washing my hair and consuming way too much caffeine and peanut butter M&Ms count? Absolutely. <laughs> or does. Absolutely counts. Absolutely count. All right. I'm going with that then. Okay, cool. Because <laughs> I literally wear the same hoodie until a book is done. Hold up. Really? Yeah, wait. It, I wash, wash it. I wash it. Like, wait. It's like folded up in the floor right here. So I love it. First of all, I washed it yesterday. So it still smells like fabric softener. But uh, I wash it like every three days. And like, I won't wear it around the house or anything, but it's like when I start writing, I'll just like come in here and I'll just slide this bad boy on. I'll turn my AC like to freezing cold and I'll slide this bad boy on. And it's like sliding on riding gloves. It's like, oh yeah, nice. here. <laughs> but it, it's not actually like that. I just feel like in my brain, that's, that's how it works for me. Everybody's um, got a system, whatever works, right? I gotta take it off and take the mojo. Anyway, <laughs> um, what do you like to do when you're not writing? I'm pretty boring, honestly. Um, oh, no, you're not boring. You've been fantastic. Oh, thank you. Um, you know, when I'm not hanging out with my husband or kids, I'm honestly just reading. Like, occasionally I'll find a show to binge. Mm -hmm. um, last I, show you binged was? Last show I binged was yeah. Sex Life on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Everybody's <laughs> been on that. <laughs> Episode three. Episode three, 20 minutes in. <laughs> literally oh my god the tiktoks of the husbands reacting to that, oh, that Hold on. i have so the great. funniest reaction ever kat and i were talking about this show the other day and this was the night that we were recording with emily goodwin yeah and i decided that it would be a great idea to call my sister on facetime and tell her to go <laughs> to sex life and fast forward to the, to that spot and she decided to do that while we were on FaceTime. 
and oh. I did not freaking screen record it and I'm really mad at myself because oh. <laughs> she sits there and she's got her glass of wine in her hand and she goes I forget what phrase she used but it was the funniest thing ever and I almost fell off my chair oh my she god she was like that is a lot of dick to see and I was like the best one I've saw on TikTok is the one guy who's like, that's a fucking weapon. And I was like, bro, I'm done. That's freaking hilarious, dude. That's hilarious. Um, okay, so what does your family think about your writing and have any of them read your books? My husband actually reads all of my books before they're published. Um, occasionally, he'll have to tell me that I need to tweak a sex scene because something isn't physically possible unless the dude's part octopus. <laughs> Literally, that's my editor, bro. <laughs> that comes in handy. He's like, honey, you, you gave this dude a third, you know, arm here. Come yeah, on, figure yeah. it out. <laughs> um, you know, my extended family is also incredibly supported, but are supportive. Um, but I told them they're not allowed to read my books because the sex is incredibly filthy and I'd never be able to face them again yeah but I'm pretty sure at least a few of them have but I told them to never let me know (laughs) yeah like don't speak about it exactly like I haven't yeah my my dad's like one of my biggest fans and I refuse to allow him to read it like I will literally gorilla glue the papers together because he has all my books and they're all fine but I'm like dad if you touch it I will literally gorilla glue the pages together yeah no there's just some things that like your close family members just don't need to know. <laughs> yeah, because, like, some of it is like inspired by my life and like, you don't need to know what mind space I had to go in to write that dad. Okay. That's exactly. <laughs> we even had, um, it was Lisa Suzanne, her dad, her dad reads all of her books. Oh my yeah. gosh. And then he writes a portion in her newsletter. <laughs> oh, how funny. Like, of the books. How funny. I love that. Um, so that is my last writing question, and I'm going to let Stevie take the reading ones. All righty. Okay, so what attracts you to a book, the cover, the board, or a recommendation? I'm not going to lie. I will 100% buy a book solely based on its cover. Like, if it's a really hot cover. Talking to me, bro. <laughs> not just, like, Torso Dude, you know? I mean, Torso yeah. Dude has his merit, um, but you know, I love just really hot couple covers and stuff or just really hot dude covers. Um, but you know, beyond that, yeah, I do. I look at the blurb. I look at recommendations. Um, I like to look at bad reviews because if, you know, it says things like these characters are disgusting or immature, or there's way too much sex in this book. I'm like sold. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Yes. Um, you know, and, um, other than that, I'd say I'm in actually quite a few book-related Facebook groups. Um, so that's where I get, if the book wasn't written by a friend of mine, that's usually where I get most of my recommendations. I buy books because of the covers all the time. It's a shame. Oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah. bought Claire Contreras' book because of the cover and didn't even, and she didn't even know what it was about until I told her today. That it was my dead ass just read the blurb. <laughs> and, and I just found out it's gothic romance. So I was like, well, shit, I bet I, I got to read that. There you go. I just really love the cover it looks nice on my shelf it's beautiful I enjoy it but yeah I saw it on Instagram and I was like oh add to cart immediately add to cart (laughs) what is the Um, last book you bought um I just bought pretty boy d by Rachel Jonas hold up I saw the cover of that hold up oh it's hot it has Andy I think 
Andy, whatever his last name yeah, is. Yeah, he's popular. Hot he's dude, popular. Andy. <laughs> yeah, and it's got, like the neon graffiti paint on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll buy any cover that has Chris Dizzo on it. There you go. <laughs> Everybody knows who he is because that man. He's very attractive. That's he is very attractive. I have two books on my bookshelf right now from authors who sent them to me that his picture is on. <laughs> <laughs> Um, who were some of your favorite authors to read? Um, is this the part where I shamelessly plug my friends? <laughs> Absolutely. Pimp them out because I did the same damn thing. Um, well, you know, I beyond my friends, I have uh, quite a few automatic one cook authors like Helena Hunting, Karen Marie Monning, um, the quarantine ladies, Carolyn Peckham and Suzanne Valenti. Like those women are unicorn authors. Like they not only write freakishly fast, but the quality is just amazing. Yeah. Um, Julia Wolf, Ali Sizz, Coralie June, Kelsey Clayton. Um, oh, I love me some Kelsey more. Clayton. <laughs> I love Kelsey. She's, she's so, so nice. And it's funny. Um, you know, you, <laughs> You guys were talking earlier about how, you know, you feel like you're funny in person, but like you can't write it, you know, like Kelsey will say those exact words to you. Cause I mean, she cracks me up too. She's super funny, like often, but she's like, nope, can't like, I am queen of angst and I am good with that. (laughs) Oh yeah. That's me. That's literally me in the group too. Cause like today I made like, I about made cat, about made K money and JC like pee their pants. Cause I was talking about. Uh, a TikTok sound. Oh my god, it was really funny. It's like the one where it's like spare change. Yeah, spare change. Yeah, bro, it's hilarious. Um, but that, yeah, I feel that on a spiritual level. Anyways, continue. Um, that's yeah, that's all I can think of off the top of my. I mean, there are probably well over a hundred authors that I don't even read the blurb anymore. I just one click and clicking and clicking. <laughs> in, click in. I love it. All right. Um, do you prefer e-reader or physical copies? Oh, ebook hands down. Um, just cause I can always have a book with me. Like I like having the pretty paperbacks on the shelves. Oh my God. Your cat is adorable. <laughs> uh, he, he is such a baby. It's not even funny. He's he like, looks like my to... cat actually. <laughs> come here, Cooper. You want to come around? Oh, hi baby. <laughs> um, oh, totally lost my train of thought. Oh, ebook. So yeah. I, um, you know, I was always a reader as a kid, but, you know, I think as life happens and school and everything else, like I kind of just lost it after a while. And then when e-readers became a thing, um, I haven't been without a book since, like it really kind of revived my love of reading. Um, Twilight was my gateway e-reader book. (laughs) I think a lot of people can say that probably. It's Twilight um, and Fifty Shades of Grey. That's it. Yep. There you go. It was kind of funny because when I, by the time I got to Fifty Shades of Grey, like I had already read so many filthy books at that point. Like I was like, I don't, I don't understand why people say this is like super filthy. Like it's yes. hot. Oh my but... God. I literally told somebody the other day we were on the podcast and I told somebody the other day about my grandmother. I love my grandma, but I hadn't read Fifty Shades of Grey, but I had read um what the hell was it called uh J.R. Ward's Dark Lover series oh yep yeah right so I had hot books I was like bro this is some vampire smut yeah and then things are hot and I'd only read like I only really like like I'd read like I think it was like to 
uh, like nine, but I only like like the first six, like six and I'm, those are my favorites, but I'd already read all those and I had been on Wattpad way younger than I probably should have been. And so like, <laughs> I knew what smut was. Okay. Yeah. And Wattpad was the, the birth of the bad boy. I don't give a shit what anybody says. Wattpad is where bad boy was like birth period. <laughs> anyway. So my grandma, right. <laughs> I come over, it was like Thanksgiving or some shit like that. And she's got like all of her paperwork and stuff on the table and like, we're getting it cleaned off and whatever and helping her. And I pick up the newspaper and there's the, like the 50 shades. Uh, it was actually 50, 50 shades darker. And I was like, grandma, I was like, you read this. And she was like, don't no, no, I didn't read it. I think it's your aunts. And I was like, grandma, I was like, are you reading 50 shades of gray? And she's like, don't tell nobody. And I was like, no, I was like, grandma, it's fine. It's fine. She's like, nah, it's not. She's like, I had to Google what some of the words meant. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, uh, she was like, have you read it? And I was like, no, I haven't read it. She's like, you don't need to. It's nasty. And I was like, if you knew what the fuck was on my Kindle right now. Yeah. No, like, like I said, I mean, by the time I got to it, I was like, okay, it's hot, but I don't understand why people are like so shocked by the content. Like well, I had just finished a book where it was Janine Frost, um, you know, where she, uh, the vampire bit the dude while she was giving him a blowjob. <laughs> like, I'm just like, oh, <laughs> like, Jesus. On its own, that might not sound so hot, but it was actually a super hot scene. Was, I would have been into it. <laughs> but I mean, I think that Fifty Shades of Grey was the first one that was like super, super duper popular. Yeah. That gave women the kind of okay to be like, hey, I read smut. Oh yeah. And we just came out the fucking woodworks. Like, like, and it wasn't even the fact that people were making new books. Like they did start making new books, but like other books that had already been published that were darker and grittier like that just came out and were like, oh, well, look, if you like 50 shades of gray, I wrote this. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Erica James, I mean, she most certainly paved the way oh. um, for romance specifically really smutty romance yeah. um, to be widely acceptable like I mean you'll still run into your people you know I'm sure you guys know like they get really judgy or whatever and it's because they just don't know yeah exactly <laughs> like <laughs> fuck you people um but no she definitely paved the way not only for I think romance in general to become so mainstream but um for indie authors to have just really great success with it yeah you know? Because women finally were like, fuck it. I read sex scenes and there's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. I, yeah, like forever in debt for not only like the series, but like what she did for romance acceptance in general. Exactly. So, yeah. And like my grandma, like came from a, obviously a different generation of like, she was like, she was deathly afraid I was going to go tell her neighbor (laughs) that she's reading Fifty Shades of Grey, which on the level of the shit I have read is like a four. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh God. And I'll, I'll send her, she'll, she'll message me on Facebook and be like, hi, hey, what are you doing? And she like knows I write, right? And so she'll like, what are you doing? She's like, what are you writing now? And I was like, grandma, I got a book recommendation from you for you. And I'll send her like a reverse harem. She'll get like two pages in. She's like, I'm not reading this. Alexandria Page. It's like, grandma, it's okay. It was just a joke. But yeah, so I love her. Anyways, um, good. Are you done? Is that your? Is that I have your one last one. Okay, go. What was your last five-star read? Uh, that would be the last book I bought, Pretty Boy D by Rachel Jonas. I just <laughs> finished it last night. And um, that series as a whole, I just love it. Um, 
but this was kind of a spin-off standalone of one of the other characters and it was just really good and hot and it's more emotional than the first three but it was yeah I really enjoyed it I'm gonna have to I'm gonna add that to my TBR which added to the growing list <laughs> look I'm reading rom-com right now and I was I can't even talk about the fact that I almost fell off my chair the other night and Laura Pavlov was laughing at me <laughs> because I was reading her new series with Willow Astor <laughs> That's what I was just about to ask is what are you reading right now? Yeah, I was, I'm on book two of Willow and um, Laura's series and it is the G.D. Taylor series and it's a billionaire rom-com series Mm -hmm. and it is hysterical. This girl has a Nana named Yaya and she talks about Nipplegate (laughs) and it's called The Bold and the Bullheaded. And I it is it. hilarious. Oh my god, it was just the funniest book ever. I, I love rom- go ahead. Sorry, go. Oh no, I was just gonna say I love rom-coms that just like make you laugh so hard you're crying, but they're also like super sexy. Yeah, like, and that is that is this book. <laughs> yeah. I'm reading Penelope Black's um it's Wolf. It's the first one in a series and it's reverse harem. But it's also Step Brother Reverse Harem. <gasps> you, oh my God. Okay, so Step Brother Reverse Harem and Bully are like, oh, my favorite. <laughs> I dead ass and not even joking. That was literally me. I was like, oh, okay, Step Brother, check. Reverse ha- check. Mafia, check. Got it. We're, we're buying yeah. those immediately. You're, you're going to like what I have upcoming. <laughs> oh, but yeah, so I'm reading that right now and it's really good like right now like I, I'm only in like the prologue but so far the writing's good um but uh we're gonna move on to the last section of the podcast which is trope questions uh this is our favorite section we're super excited about it so favorite trope to write and why uh without a doubt that would be enemies to lovers um <laughs> yeah. my fingers cannot fly across the keyboard fast enough when my characters are arguing or having filthy filthy hate sex um those are always like without fail my most productive writing days mm-hmm. you know now you know what that says about me I don't know but whatever <laughs> I think for me personally it's friends to lovers and enemies to lovers both yeah because enemy friends to lovers I write super fast because of the emotional complexity of it Mm -hmm. you can just be so like you can just dive into so many emotions when it's friends to lovers and so just really just aids you in writing and like building a word count and then enemies lovers like you said like you just yeah I mean there is not enough ways to sell somebody you hate them I promise you that oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) all right Stevie you go with the next one um what is one trope you would eventually like to write and why um, that would be reverse harem. I actually um, am just about to start something, <laughs> which I can't quite talk about. Um, well, I'm here but, for it. You got yeah. an ARC team? MJ's going to be like, do you have a reader? <laughs> reader? <laughs> you need a better reader? I can't be on ARC teams because I'm a fucking author. But I'm just saying. I'll, I'll send it to you anyway when it's right. <laughs> you need a beta reader or something. I mean, I'm free. I'll be free. I'll be free for it. She'll make herself available to you. <laughs> I like reverse serum. Okay, sorry, go. Um, you know, I, I think I've been talking about it enough to, you know, know that I just, I love, 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 love it as a reader. So I just, I've had this idea kind of brewing in my head for a while and um, it just needs to happen. Needs to happen. And it's going to be dark. I can tell you that it will be 
RH. Um, it will also be stepbrother bully. <laughs> You're putting all MJ's favorites into a book. <laughs> well, that's because they're all my favorites. <laughs> it's just like, it's just like how, listen, if there was a tag that said, how do you sell a book to MJ? Those are the words. Dark bully, stepbrother, romance, reverse hair. And I'm like, okay, so, so where do I sign? Like exactly. if the devil was like, I'll give you all of the book. Okay, where do I sign? Do you need a pen? Do you want me to grab a pen? Do you have a pen? Do you want me to sign for you? I'll do it. Like, I don't even care. Anyway, so what is your one trope that you will never write? Um, I'd say probably MC romance. Um, just because I honestly haven't read many of them. I just don't think I could do it justice. Hmm. I'll, I'll leave that to the experts. <laughs> I don't think we've ever had that answer. I haven't either. I haven't really? the first MC romance. We one. normally get the answers that we hear most about that one is reverse, reverse harem. harem and PNR. And oh, see, and I've done PNR. <laughs> yeah. And reverse harem, it, it just needs to happen. And, and what was the other one, Stevie, you said? Surprise baby. Oh, yeah. Those are the two. And, so and Laura already wrote a favorite. surprise baby. I was going to say, I've already oh, written that she's too. already been there. <laughs> the ones that people will never write is usually Stevie's favorite or my favorite. So one of they're canceling one of us out. You're like, no. Damn it. Surprise but, babies oh. are my jam. Yeah, that's her jam. Hence why I bought the Knocked Up Anthology. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's one of my favorites. Like, absolutely. I love it. Um. I, but yeah, we haven't had an MC one yet. Oh my God. Listen, you, you, you never watched Sons of Anarchy? Oh, yes, I have. <laughs> Listen, I mean, I, hello, Charlie. <laughs> I just literally could watch Sons of Anarchy on repeat over and over and over again. And it's like when I get in like moods of watching it, I'm like, all right, everybody roll call motorcycle romance. Now. We even have an MC romance group. That's what the author group is, is if we call ourselves, what is really? it? Daughters, of- Daughters, Daughters of Mercy MC. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We all have MC names and everything. And it kind of gave me a cool idea to do like a female MC, but I don't think it would work, nor do I think that it would work like selling wise, but I thought it was kind of badass. I um, like, I mean, the few that I've read, I've actually really, really enjoyed. I don't think there's any like specific reason why I don't tend to gravitate to that other than the ones that I do kind of automatically go to. Like there's just so many options and constantly new releases coming out and it just kind of takes over. <laughs> JT, I'm starting JT Gessinger's new MC romance series called Ruthless Creatures. Ooh. And it's Queens and Monsters and it's book one. And I love JT Gessinger. I don't know if you've ever read her before. I have not. I've heard of her. But she's super don't amazing. You won't announce anything either. I wasn't announcing shit. I was just telling her something. <laughs> I know you because you'll let it slip by accident. Um, but I, um, no, I really, I, I'm starting that one and I'll message you on Instagram and let you know how it is and if I like it and you can pick it up if you want. I will. And I will definitely check it out. Um, but Stevie is going to take our last question and then we're going to let you pimp yourself out for a little bit. I have a feeling I know the answer. Well, maybe not because some people, we always think we know the answers for this question <laughs> and then they end up shocking us. Yeah. Um, if you were in a book, what trope would you want for your story? Um, now I'm curious what you think my answer is going to be. Um, <laughs> is it reverse harem PNR? No. <laughs> um, I would actually say friends to lovers because I am literally living in the middle of my own friends to lovers story. So I'll go with that. <laughs> she's only the second person to tell us that she's actually living out her <laughs> the trope. My poor husband. 
I love him and we have a friends to lover story, but I'm going to tell you, if I got the option, reverse hair. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What's the other one? Jenna Hartley. Jenna Hartley uh, is living her age gap. Her age gap. Her age gap romance. She married a college rowing coach. Oh my God. Yes. So that's like forbidden age gap. Yup. So yeah, um, but yeah, my poor husband, man, because I, I love him, but if I have the option, <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, you can make your own reverse harem if you want to have a trope in your- Is he standing there? Because that would be hilarious. No, he's in the shower right now, but I mean, he, <laughs> he expects it. He expects it, honestly. Um, I would do reverse harem, and I know who my harem would be, and yeah, I'd be a bad bitch. But um, anyways, that is sadly the end of our podcast. Um, you've been fantastic. We are going to let you talk about yourself a little bit if you have a book coming up or a sale or something and let our listeners know where to reach you at. Okay. Um, well, you can, if you want to check me out on um, pretty much any social media, it's just at Laura Lee Books on almost everything, um, except on TikTok they shut down my original page. So I had to change that. Were you being Um, filthy? I think I might have been crossing the line a little, but I don't think it warranted banishment. (laughs) I love it. Oh man, we should ask her that question. Um, But I I had to change my handle on that one. So it's at author Laura Lee on that one. Um. As for upcoming releases, I actually have something I cannot talk about, um, but I can say keep an eye on my social media in the very near future. There will be a surprise. (laughs) Um, And then outside of that, my next release will be Broken Playboy, which is book four in the Windsor Academy series dope well thank you so much for joining us laura you like i said you've been great um it's been super fun talking to you and uh yeah we hope that you have a great day and we'll talk to you later thank you so much for having me